things girlfriends share. Welcome to Girlfriend It, hosted by women for women on a variety of topics most relevant to our daily lives. Weekly, we have incredible, inspiring, and influential guests as we explore everything from why ambitious women don't quite reach their full potential to how we deal with the dailiness of life. Together, we will hear compelling stories of other individuals in hopes of one thing. How do we get to know ourselves? When I pray for God to take the darkness away, he doesn't answer my prayers. Do you think God made aliens? Yeah, well, do you, why did God make lizards? And did Jesus get potty trained as fast as me? <laughs> Why did my parents get divorced? I don't understand. Why did God let my dog run away? Why is God letting COVID kill people? God, are you even in it? We have so many questions. And these are the kind of questions that you might hear from your children. You might hear them from your grandchildren. And they actually make you sweat. I, I remember when my son came in the room. Uh, he was around 11. Actually, he just came walking into the hallway. And he asked why Lot's daughters lied in the tent with Lot. What exactly does that mean? Yikes. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of, you know how you're, you're running around, you're getting ready to getting him off to school and you get the bomb. <laughs> like it's never, you know, let's just sit and talk at the yeah. dinner table and have these great conversations. It's when you're going, you know, um, five miles an hour, or I guess it would be a hundred miles an hour. Yeah. Miles an hour. Uh, but these are the kind of questions that you might hear from, you know, your children. And I think we need to be ready for them. Mm. And I, I don't know about you guys, but I really wanted my kids to ask it and then check it and, and live it. And I felt like if they're not asking those questions and we're not getting them to doubt certain things and to really um, dig deeper in the Bible, then they were going to be, they wouldn't own their faith, right? It was just mom and dad's faith. Mm. And I think that's when we get into a little bit of, of legalism because uh, we just do what mom and dad have always said. But once we can start digging into scripture and we get some of these questions answered, uh, we're checking it out, then it becomes our lifestyle. Mm -hmm. It really is that relationship that you have with Christ because you you've dug a little bit deeper. Mm -hmm. So the second half of our show we have two guests that will give us some answers for some of these hard questions. And once again, it's so significant uh, for not only children, but all of us to ask it and check it and live it. And it's, it's easy just to, you know, take it, come from that household. Oh, I was raised. How many times have you talked to somebody and uh, they're like, oh, yeah, I was, I'm a Christian. I came from a Christian household. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just a given. And that's just how I was raised. And that's what I know. And I went to Sunday school. And that's just that's, and yeah. that's the story. Yeah. yeah. And my parents are Christian. So I'm a Christian. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. I saw yeah. the little flannel board, you know, I, I, I watched. Uh -huh. I well, watched people, Noah. 
I got to say, though, Patty, you know, but if you have a house full of boys like Christette and I do, you know, they just don't talk anyway. So you're not getting diddly jack because you don't know who they're hanging out with. What are they doing? You know, uh, how are you doing in school? You you ask one question and you're lucky if you get a, you know, a tiny answer. So they're not really asking you any questions. I'm asking them the questions. Where are you and what are you doing and where are you going? So, you know, I, I didn't get these. I My boys didn't really ask me questions. Oh, that's so funny. But girls are the opposite because I had a little girl that would be like, did you did you know how to throw the baton? Can you hula hoop? Did you go to church with your mom? Did you have sex before you got married? <laughs> Those are the things girls want to know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so, Debbie, we're all kind of leaning in on, on and, too. Uh, that was just a question. And I'm going to do what I did then. I just said, honey, go and play. You're so pretty. <laughs> yeah. Or go ask your dad. Yeah. 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 That, that's yeah. a good one. Yeah. Well, I mean, so I have questions now as an adult. I mean, you know, because you hear how God answers prayer, you know, he tells you yes or no or wait. And sometimes I'm wondering to myself, which answer is it? Did I hear a yes? Was that a no? Or am I just waiting in la-la land for yeah. years upon years? Yeah. Well, and that's where uh, I feel like a lot of the young adults that I, I work with, they're in that place. Like I, I am begging for God to show up. I'm dealing with all this anxiety and depression and he's not answering my prayers. Mm-hmm. And, and and it's hard to go. All right. But he's in it with you. Like he, he's not your private genie that you can go, God, just deliver me from. And I'm not saying he can't right in a whisper. We know he can. But sometimes it's that's the way we're continuously begging God to show up. That's mm-hmm. that drawing into that relationship is, okay, I need you to sustain me, you know, right now. And I, I think of the verse in 2 Timothy um, 2, where 15 and 16, work so hard that you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. Be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly explains the word of truth. And that one's kind of intimidating, too, because mm-hmm. I know when I uh, we, we talked about this yesterday, uh, Sherry, with being at Grand Canyon and not really being prepared to go out into the workforce with some of your answers that uh, we we shied away from some of those hard questions. And so I, I think in one of the questions when I was in the airline industry was, you know, what makes your faith the golden ticket? Like, why are you the only one that, you know, when when the gates of heaven open up, it's like, okay, Patty. <laughs> You talk about this narrow path and you get it, but oh my gosh, if you're Catholic or if you're, you know, Lutheran or, you know, and I remember coming home and talking to my husband and he said, Patty, you, you can get into all these different answers and you can start digging into the Bible. He goes, but it really comes down to the basic And that is, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but through me. And everything outside of that, yeah, it's cool to talk about. And those are great conversations. We want to answer, especially answer, you know, our grandkids, our our kids, their questions. But 
I think the simplicity of going back to that is significant as well. But don't you think every faith also says, but we do believe in God. Mm. And then you mm-hmm. get into the other conversation. Do you believe in Jesus? <laughs> and so it is a lot. And if you're not prepared, whether it's your child or whether it's your best friend, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's a, those are tough, mm-hmm. pretty tough uh, conversations. Mm-hmm. That's why I love that next verse that, uh, that you've mentioned here, Patty, is always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you for the reason, yeah. for the hope that's in you. But, 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 but do this. With gentleness and respect. And boy, you know, it's not just so wise of God to throw that in on the tagline, but yeah. Patty and Sherry, um, <laughs> do this, and Debbie too, yeah. do this yeah. with gentleness and respect. Whoa. So know what you're, know why you believe what you believe, but, but be kind. Be kind I, with it. I, I want to know why Kristen always gets the, the kindness <laughs> to it. I saw her yesterday and uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I think there's, there's a few times we need to be throwing her under the bus. Uh, just saying. But, Let's Sherry, I, I do. For a minute, though, can we just do a quick throwing someone under the bus? Because it happens so often. So yes. my question today to everyone is, if you're told to be somewhere at 830 in the morning, do you get there at 10? Do you get there at 915? What time do you get there, Sherry? I think you should get there at, at 825 or 830. Exactly. And what yeah. time did you get there? Why, what time did you get to our event yesterday? My answer to that question is you get there at 8.15 because my father said always 15 minutes early is actually on time. And it's rude, yeah. rude, rude if you make anyone wait because your time is not more valuable than their time. Right. So, so what you happened yesterday, with, Patty? What happened no, to your valuable time? a really rude person if they're they're not there. So, all right. So obviously they're itching, itching just to um, throw me under the bus. I'm driving down the road and I think I'm going to get to Debbie's house 30 minutes early. And it's going to be annoying to her because she's going to come to the door. She's not going to be ready. And it's like, oh, my gosh, Patty, why would you do this? But no, instead, I get a phone call at nine o'clock going, where are you? Are you? And, and all, all of us were on the phone saying, where yeah. are you? Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, there. come on, Debbie. Like, don't, you're messing with me. We're supposed to be there at 10. No, not, not so much. Are, can we get over it now? Yeah, we work today. <laughs> we're over it for a little bit. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I, I'm begging for forgiveness on that one. And apparently I will be for a while, which is totally fair, totally fair. Uh, I want to go back to having those conversations, though, of, about Jesus. Like you said, every faith comes in with, you know, but yeah, no, that's what we believe. And, yeah. and doing it with gentleness and respect, I think that's one of the things, if I could go back and tell my younger self, the one thing is to use that little gentleness and respect because sometimes I was so out to win the argument that I didn't just find that common denominator. Have you heard of the 1% rule where you find that 1% and then you pour 100% into it, which what you guys said 
people believe in Jesus. I mean, there it's factual, right? He walked on this earth. So find that common denominator and, and pour into that and establish that relationship. Especially I see in social media when we're just dropping these grenades, yeah. like throwing verses. Uh, I know God's word is sharper than any two edged sword, but come on, like we throw it without the relationship mm-hmm. and there's there's no love almost. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I think, um, well, a couple of things come to mind. One is sometimes we give too much information, you know, less is more. And then you have to back it up with action. You know, action speaks louder than words. And is that really what you're representing? And, you know, and, and if you give too much information, it, it can go into an argument or it's just too much for them to digest. They have to see mm-hmm. how you're living it out, you know, um, and just like with our kids asking those questions. Um, I just remember early on them saying, you know, when kids ask questions, we think they want an adult answer and and we need to be aware of sometimes just a little. I'm thinking as adults, we do the same thing, especially when it's an, an un um or a territory we're unfamiliar with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's like what Sherry was talking about earlier. Um, that, yeah, it, when kids ask a question, we have to be aware of where they are capable of really emotionally handling that answer. And when they say, Mom, why did you and Dad get divorced? Do they really want the real explanation? Or do they want to know that it doesn't matter, Daddy and I both still love you so much? That's really all they want to know is, is everything going to be okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I always wanted to be a safe place to process. But, you know, I, uh, you can, I can be too safe or can I be too out there? I, I, I've even, as I've gotten older and my kids one by one are growing up and leaving, I, I, I can feel I'm a little more intentional with my younger one who's still at home saying, you know what, if there's anything that you want to process, Davis, if there's anything you want to ask, any question at all about marriage, life, sex, mm-hmm. God, you know, parenting, you know, please do. And so I think in my early years, I would have never, ever said that. Yeah. Uh, but as, you know, you get older, you're like, you know, what? I, I don't want to screw up here. And you leave the nest. And there were things that we never talked about. And so um, that's gotten better. But, you know, it, it, yeah, room for improvement. Oh, yeah, because you definitely are screwing up, Sherry. (laughs) We are going to be blamed as mothers, right? Dad, it's so awkward. It's so awkward with boys because they're like, no, I'm good. Okay, I'm good. Yeah, don't ever talk about that S word ever again, Mom, in my presence. (laughs) My, My son actually said that. I think he was like four or five. I mean, he was young, but he was asking questions. So Kevin and I... We went in there and we sat, he had a little bunk bed and uh, we said, you know, it it sounds like you have some questions here. So we want to just talk to you about, you know, what sex is. And apparently I said sex way too many times. And finally he said, I don't want to have this conversation anymore. Mom keeps saying the sex word. And so that was that like, all right, we're not going to push this. (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> we'll wait until you start asking those questions. Yeah, and I've always felt that my boys are a little bit at a disadvantage because they have no sister. So there's nothing female happening in the house because yeah. they're not going to be out there advertising it. So once in a while, I might talk about, you know, a girl's body or something that has to do with labor and delivery or, you know, their wedding night or something like that. You can tell they're like, uh, no, I don't want to hear that. No, thank you. Which I'm like, okay, fine. Go. Yeah. Well, good luck with your life. Good luck with your life, boys. I hope it all works out. <laughs> I tried. I tried. I tried. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all of these, all of these questions. And I, I think too, um, with, Asking when they're asking us questions, I, I remember at one point Garrett. I, I happen to be throwing Garrett under the bus uh, <laughs> a lot here. Uh, I remember him coming to me talking about Adam and Eve, though, and you know the serpent uh, being able to entice Eve. And what do you think the serpent looked like? Like it had to be this beautiful creature to be able. And don't you think it was over days? of time to get Eve to finally eat this forbidden fruit. And he, he asked a question in a way that it was almost storytelling. And I think sometimes when they come to you, like dream with them yeah. rather than they're not really wanting an answer, right. but yeah. What do you think the serpent right. was like and why was he so enticing and how does he entice us now? How does the en enemy come dressed in whatever like yeah. what is what are those temptations look like and i i wish i could say i was that amazing when he asked me that question uh because right now i'm just kind of thinking yeah why don't we <laughs> sounds really good doesn't it i'm amazing i'm an amazing mom i just want you to know that <laughs> That's why your kids had a million questions. No one's talking around that house because there's so much other stuff going on in that house, Patty. They did ask those questions too. Why are mommy and daddy always in the bathtub? Yeah. Why is there music always on behind that door? Yeah. Yeah. Smooth jazz. <laughs> but you know, I almost think in some ways, Patty, do you think uh, that when we were growing up, we weren't, I wasn't really encouraged to challenge and question. I mean, that wasn't just, that wasn't happening at my house. You know, yeah. it was, you know, mom and dad's way or the highway, you know, God's yeah. way or the highway. So it wasn't really explored. Like, you know, what do you think about that? Do you think that the God is there? Will I lose my salvation? Will God always answer my prayer? What if I sin and screw up? Am I going to get kicked out of, you know, the church? I don't think it was really encouraged to like, push back. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. that is so true. When you do grow up, like we said, in a Christian household, especially if it's a legalistic household where why can't I wear bikini underwear? All the other girls are, and I'm 17. I mean, I think I should be able to wear bikini underwear now. Like, what do you yeah. mean? I can't shave my, my thighs or, yeah. you know, you'll go grow back as a gorilla. It's like, yeah. Oh, yeah. what do you mean? I can't get my ears pierced because that, isn't mm -hmm. godly like you just did what what you were told you never thought of talking yeah. about really no. evolution um you know yeah having like a tell that came home from school and asked um uh if we all are from animals how come he doesn't have a tail yet and it's yeah. just said well when you grow just because it hasn't fully grown yet because that's <laughs> what sisters say 
Yeah. A, a mom, what, what would a mom say, Patty? What would, what would your answer to that be? I, I would say, you know what? I, I don't think I would lose my tail because tails are pretty significant. I, I really truly think it would be a bummer because of the way we'd have to sew it into our clothing. But can you imagine getting the groceries out? Like you would have a tail to get that extra bag and you True. could you could drive, turn your windshield wiper on and the radio <laughs> and grab your coffee. I didn't and see that. And cell phone. You could have yes, it all. Yes. You thought about this, haven't you, Patty? (laughs) You really have. (laughs) I'm just saying, evolution says we lose it because we don't use it, right? I think I would have used it enough to not to not lose it. That's all. I would have definitely been wearing a have a bumper sticker that says, "Does this tail make my butt look big?" (laughs) (laughs) I would have it wrapped around as a scarf. Yeah. Totally hide all those wrinkles, especially on Zoom when you're always looking down. Oh, and you got this little fur scar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wonder I wonder if you would dye it. Like if you would dye your tail, that would be a thing. Like a pink tail. Or maybe extensions on your tail. Debbie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Enough of the tail. All right, let's move on. Enough of the tail. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, you know, we're talking, like I said, in the second half on how do we answer the these questions that our kids are asking. But I think as adults, we still ask these questions. We still have these doubts. And even though I don't feel like it challenges my faith, but yet there are times, you know, I just dealt with my, my sister-in-law passing away a couple months ago and you go, okay, God, just like, you know, why are you allowing my parents to get divorced? Why are you allowing Mm -hmm. this person to to have cancer? And and we don't understand. It gets complicated because on one hand, you have someone that's been completely healed of cancer. And we just had Lori last week on the show where she's just, she was so inspirational and just talking about breathe, you know, just, just breathe in every day that we're able to live here. And she has survived it twice almost, you know, on her deathbed. And then you have somebody else where it's just boom, brain cancer, you're, you're gone. Yeah. And we go, how come one person this happens to and another one? And that can be very disheartening, especially when it's your child that you're losing uh, to leukemia or, or whatever it is, or a car accident. Uh, we, we don't understand that. And then the only answer I can come up with is this is not heaven. This is earth and there's sickness, there's free will. So other people are going to do evil and demented and heinous things. And all we can do is know he's, he's in it with us. When we are weak, he is strong. And he says, I will never leave you or forsake you. Yeah, and the like one thing that encourages me is I think about the parable of the uh, persistent widow and how she just kept going to the judge over and over and over and over and over again. And so what that that teaches me is I should always pray and never give up. And eventually, even though the judge was an ugly, unjust judge, he's like, whatever, I'm so sick of you. I will grant you what you're asking for. So if that judge being so unjust could grant the widow her request, how much more would my heavenly father who loves me um, would want to give me what um, I'm asking for, but all in his time. 
So and that's it's his will. Mm-hmm. In his will and his time. Because I love it. You were talking about earlier, Sherry, with um, how do you know, you know, is this a true sign from the Lord or am I, uh, you know, am, am I asking, Lord, is it OK if I go ahead and go forward with this? And then the first traffic sign I come to, it says go, you know, it's a big green light. And I go, Lord, thank you. OK, good. OK, now I can go ahead and buy that new car because I'm pretty sure you want me to have it. Yeah. And, and do you ever read scripture where um, it doesn't go with the questions that you're asking and you go, well, yeah. I don't think that's really of God. I really right. don't think I'm yeah. hearing you correctly because <laughs> that's what I heard. So I'm going to ask it again. It's almost like Gideon, you know, when it's like put put a little dew out there and then there's dew. It's like, no, no, no. I, I need more. I need more yeah. signs. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Agree. When they say, Lord, uh, is this, is, you know, get me off this island. And he sends a little canoe and they go, you know, Lord, I didn't, I didn't, it was just a canoe. And then he says, all right, well, I'm going to send you a yacht. And he goes, Lord, I don't really know if that's what that was. If it was that you, Lord. And then he sends a plane. And then finally it's like, okay, forget it. Come on. What more do you need? Uh Exactly. Exactly. And, And this one, I'm walking on eggshells here. Um, but just, you know, doing ministry for so many years where I would have women say, I, I really can't figure out like my strengths. I don't know where God has gifted me. I don't know where God is calling me. I, I just can't find my calling. And I would say, okay, jump in over here, jump in. And some of it, I think we wait for that plane to come get us off the island right. when all we really need to be doing is serving. And once you start serving, he starts, mm-hmm. you start experiencing him in our woundedness and in our brokenness. Mm-hmm. And then he starts putting us down the path. But mm-hmm. we sit there and we're like, I'm praying about it. I'm praying about it. I'm praying about it. I'm not knocking the praying. And that's what I mean where you're walking on eggshells because yeah. people are like, no, no, no. But I, I'll come to people and they're like, I don't know. I really need to pray about it. And, mm-hmm. and which is, which is awesome. Once mm-hmm. again, I'm not knocking yeah. that, but it's like right. jump in yeah. and keep praying. Take and that's step. when he's going yeah. to redefine your, your path here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause it's progression mm-hmm. over perfection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God can call us to be perfect. He yeah. calls us to serve and to uh, obey. Yeah. I read something this morning, even it said, you know, the simple act of just moving forward to engage the call of God in some way, no matter how small it's mm-hmm. taking a step forward. And I've, I've heard this phrase lately. It's SSS start something small somewhere. Mm-hmm. Just take a baby step, a step of faith. And if you fall flat on your face, oh, well, get up and dust yourself off and yeah. try again. But yeah. you have to start somewhere. And, and God will, he'll either, uh, he'll firm that through, you know, others or his word or his quiet, you know, speaking to your heart um, or not. Yeah. Well, just like yesterday, we were, we were figuring out like our why. We were going deeper and peeling it back. And we were sharing with Christette all of her amazingness and her sweet spot. And she was like, really? I never knew that. And sometimes it's God breathing into other people, breathing into you. And we need those people around us to go, this is where you're amazing. This is your God-gifted area. This is your sweet spot. Otherwise, we are just kind of like, la, 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 la. Perfect. Well, let's talk about my sweet spots. (laughs) 
And we're out of time. Come on. <laughs> we are out of time. And where's the music? Time for your fun tip. Um, okay, so coming up our next half hour, what's going on? I'm so excited. Uh, well, I thought you guys were going to share a fun tip. Oh, my gosh. Our fun tip about questions is, <laughs> Sherry, what's your fun tip? Well, here's what the deal is. If Did you know if you put on a chef's jacket and walk into any restaurant or resort, people will treat you like a boss. You act like you know what you're doing, where you're going, <laughs> and they will open any door or any back hallway for you just because you have a chef's jacket on. I'm, t I'm, I'm telling you, seriously. You just ask to, like, check the Bernays sauce. Is the temperature <laughs> right on this? And they will just step out of your way. you got a chef's jacket on. You rock the entire I love that tip. I know. I, we all need to go get a chef's jacket. Yeah. Do I, I have to wear a hat? Do I have I to have, have a hat too or just because my yeah. hair? I have both. I have a hat and a chef jacket. Yeah. We'll, we'll go today. Okay. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. We can get into some concerts. I think there's an integrity <laughs> issue here. I, <laughs> no. It's fine. I don't know. I'm just asking the questions because <laughs> that's part of what we're supposed to be doing. Ask it. Check it. And we'll be back after. a secret? Apparently most women can't. According to a London study, on average, a woman can only keep a secret for about 32 minutes. One in ten women quiz said they'd had a falling out with a friend over letting secrets slip. Plastic surgery, people involved in dalliances, canoodling, and relationship problems topped the list shared in Hugger Mugger. Do the Britons gossip more than Americans? Probably not, but they certainly read more tabloids. What's a word for the enjoyment of reading about another's troubles? Schadenfreude. A quidnunc is another word for a gossip. And Alice Roosevelt Longworth said it best at a dinner party. If you can't say something good about someone, sit right here by me. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's words you never wonder who invented the toaster. During World War I, a man by the name of Charles Streit was working at a manufacturing plant in Stillwater, Minnesota. He decided to do something about the burnt toast that was being served in the employee cafeteria. Incorporating springs and a timer in his invention, the toaster was patented in October 1926. About 75 million Americans eat toast every day. And the average person spends 35 hours a year making toast. I love toast because I'm a posy walla. That's a person who loves jam. What's a word for a device that saves time and money? A timinagi. The only problem was the toaster was invented before pre-sliced bread. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my new app, Too Funny for Words. Patty Wyatt here on Girlfriend It with the girlfriends. And like I said and promised, we have two amazing uh, guests that will be on the show right now. And the first part of our show, we were just talking about asking those great questions and then checking it out 
and then living it. And how many times in our faith we just don't question? We move forward. We get caught up in the man-made rules rather than checking it out ourselves. Uh, Somewhere between Jesus loves me and high school cynicism, the childlike acceptance of pat answers about faith is lost. So while many parents find this transitional period daunting, they don't want their kids to leave the Christian faith just because they didn't get good answers to how prayer works or whether dinosaurs were on Noah's Ark. So today we are chatting with Janelle Alberts and Ingrid Farrow, authors of Honest Answers, Exploring God's Questions with Your Tween. So welcome, welcome Janelle and Ingrid. Thank you so much for being a part of our show. Thanks for having us. Well, Ingrid, before we jumped into the show, we were introducing ourselves as we are girlfriends that have happened to um, meet several, several years ago. We don't like to say the years because then you definitely can figure out our ages, but we want to hear your story because you guys were girlfriends before you wrote this book. So tell us how God whispered that into being. Well, I'll start, Ingrid. We, I actually um, had found a colleague of Ingrid's. I was asking that person a couple of questions and that colleague said, oh, you should talk with my colleague, Ingrid. And that's how we began speaking, very theological. And I just, as girlfriends do, began to adore her. And, you know, she's so theologically rich. And I would just love those conversations with her. But they devolved into much more personal conversations. And then when the opportunity for a book project came along, I thought I just really wanted to do that with Ingrid, not just because of her theology, although you can see in the book, she's such a resource for that. She has uh, experiences, but also it's just a great girlfriend. I mean, she's a great girlfriend and you know what I'm talking about. Uh, Well, I just have to say on that, Janelle, um, speaking of the theological aspect, I hope you don't listen to the first part of our show because we went off for five minutes on evolution of why we need a monkey's tail. Uh, So we're embarrassed now. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, it's, uh, you know, for me, I took my first theology class when I was after two careers, I'm, I'm going to avoid using ages also, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but because I had so many questions and I had come to a place where I didn't know if God was good and I was just barely hanging on. Mm. And, and I just felt the spirit say to me that I needed to get answers for myself from scripture. So for me, you know, theology for a lot of people can be really dry and sometimes it is, but, but if it, in my life, if it, if it can't wear, sh- wear shoes, if it can't walk into any situation, even barefoot, and handle it. It's not theology because this Mm -hmm. is all about how do I meet God in the midst of my circumstances? Where are you, God? What should I do? And I need answers. So, uh, and so that's, you know, of course, Janelle and I, we just right away, of course, yes, we talk theology, but we always apply it to our own lives as well. And so, yeah, so we're prayer partners now. We talk regularly. We pray for each other, for our families. And Mm -hmm. 
So, yeah, and that's that's really and that's really reflected in our book as well, because our book isn't theology. It's how do I meet God in the midst of these questions and these hard yes. times and these conflicts and these blah, things that are going on and the yeah. things our kids are asking. So yeah. it's really yeah. meant to be down to earth. You know, should I have a monkey's tail or not? You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> were you were you both authors prior to coming together on this? I wasn't. I'm just a writer. I hadn't had a book. I had done a ton of writing articles. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. For me also, I'd been writing some articles and of course a lot for school, <laughs> a lot of essays and so forth. But uh, but this yeah. was actually the first book project for uh, for both of us. Yeah. Well, when it comes to answers, you know, as our kids, grandkids are asking us these questions, why can't we just let the Bible speak for itself? That's one of the things that you guys talk about in your book. And and I, I, I find this fascinating because it's so true. We just, you know, get into the Bible, get into the Bible. So help us through that one. Yeah, I'll start, but Ingrid, interrupt me, please. But I, we cite academicians, and they are not churchgoers, and they are reporting about Scripture very well. So the Bible does speak for itself, but at the same time, it's not an easy read. And like Ingrid was saying, we're not here to, you know, dive, you know, di- dissect like. Uh, the sentence structure of why Nehemiah did such and thus on the wall. I mean, we need to know barefoot kids outside, like she was describing, when kids don't have somebody to sit with at lunch. Like, fine, Nehemiah did all that, but what good is that if I don't have anybody call me uh, after school? Mm -hmm. And everybody's walking into town and nobody invited me or... Like in Ingrid's case, she had some very serious situations with her son, and he just felt absolutely abandoned. And these are not, you know, you need to have some real, uh, like, skin on the bones for those kinds of conversations. Mm-hmm. So, so what is your answer? <laughs> Nobody's sitting with me at lunch. Uh, yeah, you can read the Bible to me all morning, Mom, and have these lovely yeah. devotions that Jesus is here with me. Mm-hmm. But I'm not feeling Jesus when I'm sitting here in the cafeteria by myself. And I'm hiding behind my phone oh, because yeah. I don't know what yeah. to do. Yeah, and, and it's... it's um, Scripture is so important, and for me, knowing Scripture became a real lifeline for me because it formed my realities. It, it changed the way I think. So in reading Scripture, if it's not changing the way we think and changing our hearts and helping build that relationship with God that where, where we can sit down with that little one and say, and, and first comfort them, but then also lead into prayer. You know, Lord Jesus, you said you'd never leave us or forsake us, that you're with us. You're here to help us. You know, you, you've told us to come to you and ask for wisdom. We need wisdom, Lord. Would you mm-hmm. guide us? And then and, and then just start looking for ways that we see God's hand at work in their lives. And mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. so and understanding that suffering is a part of life. So it, it is that that connection between, yes, knowing scripture, leading your kids to 
to read scripture, to know scripture, but if scripture doesn't point you into that relationship with God where you feel you can talk to God about everything, then it's missed something. So yeah. that's mm-hmm. where that connection needs to be made. Yeah. yeah. That's such a good point about um, suffering is a part of life. We all grew up with that. We grew up uh, not winning and maybe not being picked first. And that's out the window now. And I don't even know how kids can handle a small little, uh, you know, issue in their lives, like, not that it's a small issue, but not sitting with somebody at lunch. You know, if I came home and told my mom nobody sat with me at lunch, she would have said, get over it, then go sit with somebody. You know, then go sit with somebody else. Who cares? Yes. And so that's not happening anymore, and that breaks my heart kids today. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I'll just say something to that. And this is where being a girlfriend with Ingrid has been so powerful in addition to theology, which is you need a girlfriend to say to you, what you're going to have to tell your kid is such and thus. So they might know your kid is particularly sensitive and you've been trying really hard to do a couple of tactics and you need a good girlfriend who will say, it's on it's between them and the Holy Spirit. Now fix your face. They're going to come to you after school, have, you know, have a little cup of tea, pull yourself together. Don't show them how upset you, you know. So part of it is mm-hmm. help the moms not be so scared, freaked out, so codependent with our kids. Um, writing this book really helped me personally with that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's and introducing that language to the kids. I mean, we quote a, an author, Megan Jay. She's written an entire book about 20-somethings who've grown up exactly like you're describing, and now they're hitting their 20s, and then they start getting into their 30s, and they're like, where'd my 20s go? And she's like, you just wasted them. And yeah. that's a bad idea. Yeah. So let's get on it before, you know, hitting 26 and not having done what you should do by 26. That's no bueno. So no. Mm-hmm. And that kind of just reintroducing that kind of language. But with the love of girlfriends, I mean, yeah. you're the name of your uh, podcast says it all that you all are speaking to us in this way. It's it's so monumental. And this is the portion about the church. I. I hadn't really investigated this in this way, which is that's the church. I mean, that's yeah. what we're talking about. Girlfriend right now, somebody who's going to be able to say to you, walk with you, know what's going on with your kids, maybe what's going on with your marriage, maybe what happened to you when you were a kid. So right. how are you introducing that to your kid? Let's lose that baggage. Let's heal from that's the personhood of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And uh, man, Janelle, you just, you nailed it. And when you said that's the church, it's like, that's what we want to pray for the church to be. Cause sometimes you go into the church walls and at a time when I want you to challenge me, I want you to, you know, that iron chisels iron. I want you to tell me the tough things that I need to know. We, we not only coddle our kids, but we coddle and we're not real with our friendships. We're not real in those relationships where we hear somebody saying that. And it's like, Hey, I just want to challenge you take the mountain here. You know, God can do these things. Why are you not getting in the arena? Why are you just backing out? Why are you not speaking truth into each other? And, and I don't mean, and it goes back to, we were talking about earlier with that verse with gentleness and love. I don't mean going Janelle, you know what? I really don't like the fact that your arms are showing. I don't feel like that is wholesome. (laughs) (laughs) You know, where your shirt has buttons on it. It's like, button it up, baby. 
<laughs> and it couldn't be any further up. <laughs> and but you know what I mean? It's like that gentleness yeah. of truly loving yes. each other yes. so much yes. that I want what's yeah. best for you in such a way. I see you, you matter. Absolutely. We are going to take it on together. together. And that's if I'm not with people like that, we're not yeah. supposed to judge. And I I get into that judgy where I'm like, okay, I'm out. Because mm-hmm. nobody's challenging yeah. me, you know? It's yeah. like, come on. Yeah, and, yeah. and I love what you said, Ingrid. I didn't know if God was good. Mm-hmm. I I that I wrote that down because yeah. that is something I think with our kids, they they don't know. Yeah. And I think it's good to go, you know what? Sometimes I don't know that either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In your book, you guys mention uh, to practice praying unedited. Can you share with uh, with us more what that looks like? Sure, Janelle. Do you want to take that or? Yeah, yeah. I will just say prayer for me personally as a mom, just as a human being, but as a mom has been paramount. I wrote in the beginning of the book to my kids. dedicated it to them because I've needed God more than ever in my life because they, because of them. And that notion for many, for many reasons, (laughs) just, I didn't have that practice of, listen, I'm, um, coming to you raw and edited, unedited, you know, like you were describing Patty, like you want your friends to be a certain way. You also want God to be, you want to be real with God. And as there's something very strange about when you get into scripture and then you begin to maybe feel like I need to be holy. I need to come to you this certain way. And it's very you know, destructive to any relationship and it's destructive to your relationship with God. And so I heard a sermon by Kathy Keller who talked about praying unedited and she utilized Jesus in the garden. And she just simply said, I'm glad Jesus didn't pray like that. Mm. And it gave me such permission. And then it gave me permission to give to my kids because my friends, when we came into this parenthood, we planned to think, questions are great. We can't wait. And then when they asked us questions, we were surprised. We were not that good at answering them. And we also didn't feel celebratory. We felt like, uh, you're, you're kind of worrying me a little bit. You're making me nervous. <laughs> so we started creating the very environment that I would shut me down. Mm-hmm. And so that idea of just reminding, listen, this all takes practice. Mm-hmm. You start to feel a little paper cut of panic. That's not a reason to quit. It's also not a reason, uh, you know, to forge ahead, maybe be quiet, maybe whatever. This is prayer. And so you don't know until you sort of bleh, let yourself out there. And yeah, so that's unedited. prayer. <laughs> that, that is awesome. Uh, Ingrid, I, in, in your book, you talk a little bit about life just life circumstances that your child might have encountered, that is also going to create a lot of tough questions. And I know my kids uh, encountered it. Sounds like some of the things you might have as well uh, with their their grandma being murdered. And so they would ask questions like, "Why wouldn't God stop? You know, why why did they allow? Why did God allow that man to pull the trigger?" And you have in there about death. 
and monsters. And I think it's so real to them that you're telling me God is right here in the room with me, but God wasn't in the room with grandma when that happened. So there's a real fear and there's a reason for that fear. And you said, you know, right around even age four or five. And, and we think they're just so innocent and they don't understand what the world, but when they have had their world turn upside down, uh, how, how do you address some of those questions? Yeah, and some of that is also including that unedited, unedited prayer, but also yeah. unedited questions, you know, that there's, you can ask anything. It, I may not have the answers for you, but we will continue to ask them and uh, and explore and uh, and explore both what scripture has to say, but just also talking to God. And so, and, and to not be afraid of not having the answers because the most important thing is just to communicate. And so, you know, one of the, a real turning point in my life was that when I, I just, blew up at God one day and said, well, you know what I'm thinking anyway, so there, I've said it. But it was so freeing. It actually, I found later that it was actually a lament. And it was a statement of faith that I was still even talking to God in the midst of huge losses. And so for our kids to be able to, to say, to tell our kids, there's no question that you ask that's off limits, you know, and, and to not freak out, even though every once in a while you have to gulp and, you know, try to put on the poker face and, you know, and, and breathe and say, you know, I'm going to have to get back to you on that one. Yeah. But, uh, but there's no question that's off limits because when we read scripture, it's so unedited. I mean, it's just raw. There's parts of it. It's like, ah, I can't read this to my kids right now, but it's so raw because life is raw. The Bible is so yeah. honest. So if God is willing to be so honest with us about such horrible things as rape and murder and on and on and and all of the holiest you know Moses committed murder David committed murder you're like oh my gosh and so it's recognizing that there are people there are people who will do really awful things and there are really bad people but God has given people a free will so there is so God will allow some of those things to happen but we need to make choices about our own lives how do we respond to it and also is there something you know that God is asking me to do in this situation now when they're little kids it's you know it, it's let yeah Sometimes it's just asking God to, to protect their hearts in the midst of the, the hurt mm -hmm. and say, I'm just going to walk with you through this. And I remember there was a one point where uh, my son was really struggling with some stuff. He said, I don't know if I can trust God. And I said, can you trust me right now? I said, yes. And mm -hmm. so I just told him, hold that. on to me as I'm holding on to God. And so I think that's, that's yeah. we can help walk with our kids through those things, wherever they're at, whatever questions and, and tell, and just tell them, you know, we, I don't have an answer right now, but let's just keep talking. And at some point, Either we'll get the answer that we need or we'll find out we're asking different questions. So let's just keep talking. And and uh, so I think that's the main thing is keeping the communication open because that's what God wants with us. And, um, and we need to do that with our kids. Yeah. Well, Janelle, I can see why you like hooked on to Ingrid here. <laughs> I know because we're all like... <laughs> we we yes. might start stalking you, Ingrid. We're gonna start calling you at twelve o'clock. Uh, can you answer this one for me? Um, yes. Of that. What, uh, what is the one that caught you off guard? Like, what's the question your kids asked that you went, "Whoa!" Mm. <laughs> You're like, there were lots of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean. For me, the, the toughest was, and it wasn't a question, it was a declaration after, um, 
you know, my uh, my husband died, and then financially, I had trusted the wrong person, and financially, we, were, we went from being very comfortable to I knew we were going to lose everything. And my son said at that point, Mom, I think God's mad at us, and he's abandoned us. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't a question. It was a statement, but I still had to walk with him through that. Yeah. And um, so that that was the toughest moment, I think, of all parenthood. Well, it was even tougher. My husband actually took his life after being sick for nine years and, and when my son was 11. And so, yeah, there were the questions that was certainly tough. You know, why did God allow this? And um, and then, you know, and then problems continued for the next two years. So, it was, yeah. uh, but, you know, now my son is he's got a strong faith. And so it's and it was just the decision to continue to communicate and to talk even when I didn't have answers. Yeah, because yeah. as a mom, you're just trying, and a mom and a wife and now a widow, you're just trying to hold your head above water and yeah. they come in and ask, and then you're living you know, in your bedroom mm-hmm. in the fetal position. You're, you need to live it out. And it's, man, being a mom is, it is so tough. It's so tough. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Dad, what were you gonna say? I saw you were thinking about something. Chris Depp. Oh, you said me, oh. <laughs> I'm so intrigued. Oh, I just love that beautiful picture that Ingrid actually gave with, um, do you trust me enough that I can mm-hmm. be the uh, go-to person for, for God, for you, you know, let me be that, you know, mediator. That was a beautiful picture. Yeah. And, um, you know what, I, I, what you were saying also resonated with me because there was a time that, um, our oldest son came to us and with some, news that really, um, threw us for the loop. And I, um, my, I remember my husband telling me, you must really have a strong relationship with Jesus. Cause you feel so safe to be angry with him. Mm-hmm. I yes. love that. That's yeah. beautiful. But, you yeah. know, you see that, that. child and your children that we want them to know it's okay to be angry with him. He can handle it. You know, yeah. we're mad at him right now. Cause we don't understand and I, I just love the, the pictures and your, what your book offers, you know, those answers and direction for us as parents and moms, especially to know that it's okay. And we have a safe place to go to. And, you know, and I'm just going to wrap it up really quick because I just really believe that girlfriends are so important. And I want our, um, our audience to understand that. And I think you two would agree with this, that if you don't have the right friendship with you right now, you can find it. You know, yes, yes. And don't give up because you, you need it. It, It's so important. And I've been so richly blessed also with these wonderful girlfriends here. And, and I can see it with you too. If you guys, you all could see their smiles at each other and their, their eyes that are connecting. Uh, I just want them to know that it's important. It's, it's really important. So yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. And, and you guys aren't in the same state, correct? <laughs> correct. We have met one time. Wow. See, oh, I'm kidding. We touched on each other really one time. interesting. And uh, yeah, That's amazing that, that you can have these relationships without yeah. wow. being in the same state, mm-hmm. especially now. Our world is so small, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, Yes. Is, there, is there one piece of encouragement that you would like to leave with the uh, parents of preteens, Ingrid and Janelle? Kick them out now and just say, Amen, Debbie, preach it. <laughs> I would say 
God cares about this more than you do. Mm. As much as you're concerned about this, God is more so, but not in a panic. He's just not panicked the way mm-hmm. that you're feeling panicked. So, yeah. but he's, and, and the Holy Spirit actually does what the Holy Spirit says he will do. He actually does interact with your kids in ways you don't even know. You don't necessarily have the tools to read the situation. So don't try to be the Holy Spirit because you're not, that's not your jurisdiction, but Mm -hmm. be the mom. You can be, you can be the parent. People have been doing this for centuries. (laughs) You know, who's going to do this? You will. We will. We can do this. We might need some cheat sheets. We will need some cheat (laughs) sheets to do it. That is a great. I got some. That's in the book. Yeah, and and that is what's so cool about your book. Uh, although I do want to say uh, there's a higher expectation now for you guys because you you kind of said, ooh, for tweens. And I'm going, hello, there's a whole nother level out here I in know. the age group. This is going to so, be like Game of Thrones, the sequel. we got to keep <laughs> going, you guys, because we need, and I need it all the way up to 36-year-old kids. <laughs> it's like, well, we got to go. Then we're busy. <laughs> well, we got a lot of writing to do. They get into college, and, you know, especially if you're not going to a Christian college, you get into these professors that we're paying a lot of money as parents to bring our kids to get brainwashed, literally brainwashed yeah. with let's just shove the Bible away and let's get into all of this junk here. And that's where if we haven't taught them when they were tweens and answered their questions and walked along beside them, then all of a sudden they're in college and now parents are kind of goofballs. They're not really going to listen to you anymore and they're going to listen to their professor. So uh, get on it, start (laughs) writing because we are waiting (laughs) <laughs> yes, that is such an important point. Yeah, just build that trust, that relationship early on, and that uh, that habit of going to God, and yeah. and asking the the questions and to keep searching because that, you know, I saw my son, you know, who also went to a secular college and then secular grad school where often he was the only Christian in the class and they were making fun Mm -hmm. of the Bible and he was able to hold his own in a very mature way and still maintain good friendships, even with the professors and have those conversations. So because we had been training. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, and we're finishing up on the, I just want to add to that when you are having these conversations when they're younger. Then as they do get older, I love that because they can be with others that aren't believers and it strengthens their faith as well because they can answer those questions. We want to just thank you guys again. Uh, Their book, Honest Answers, Exploring God's Questions with Your Tween by Janelle Alberts and Ingrid Faro. And once again, it's designed to help you out there as parents to tackle the God questions that make them sweat, make us sweat as parents. (laughs) You guys go out there, talk to your kids, ask those questions right along with them. And we will talk to you next week. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Are where we get our best tips for life. Find us on Facebook at Girlfriend It. Hit subscribe to iTunes or toginet.com.